Welcome to the Mindwaves podcast. I'm your host, Rosie, and in each episode I'll be sharing positive news, stories and information about mental health in Greater Glasgow and Clyde. Creativity can mean many things to different people. It can be something physical or an idea that you share with others. It can be a collaborative activity or a private space. Lots of people use creative expression to manage and explore their mental health, actively or unconsciously. We will be hearing from Simon, Vanessa and Chris about how they feel their creativity affects their mental health. After the interviews, Derek will read his poem, In My Madness. My name's Simon. I have a BA ones in Fine Art Photography from Glasgow School of Art. Uh, I'm a visual artist. Since graduating from art school, I've participated in about 50 exhibitions. Some of those were uh, other outcomes, like maybe publications and things like that, but there's been about 50 outcomes uh, of a, a variety of different kinds in the last, and since I've graduated. I tend to work on projects which can be smaller, discrete, or more expansive and long-term. In general, I work with photography and my studio practice is traditional in the sense that I use paint and I make drawings. I also make films and I write as well. Photography is very important to me as a medium and a research project which critiques photographic theory into other projects. So I might carry over some photographic theory into, say, painting or drawing. Wonderful, wonderful. Did those come naturally to you and and what, what draws you to them? I've just kind of found my way into photography. I worked in various jobs which were photographic based and it, all, it seems to be a common thread throughout both uh, our creative work but you know also kind of jobs and things like that as well and after a while I, I just thought well maybe this is a medium for me why not kind of invest in it and explore it as much as as much as I can and see what see what what can develop from it I enjoy learning about it technically uh, philosophically you know critically do you find creating artwork to be helpful for you uh, in in terms of mental health or general le- levels of happiness or introspection it, it's helpful on a, a number of levels I think well first of all it can be quite exciting to kind of start a new project uh, I mentioned earlier that I work on sometimes small projects sometimes big projects a lot of the projects are kind of uh, ongoing and they sort of evolve over time by making small differences and changes whereas other projects are short term physically exploring a new area whether it's in a city or uh, whether it's rural or whether it's uh, you know up a mountain or something like that the place the space varies the the, the kind of qualities of, of each project projects I think require a bit of planning and a bit of structure and that can be really good because it is a flexible kind of thing. It's a malleable thing. Applying kind of structure to it, you know, when will I go to take the photograph? What time of day will I photograph? How much time will I give to editing? That kind of structure can structure other areas of life. I need to get the shopping done. I've, I've not. I've run out of tea bags, and tea bags are essential for any creative project 100% degree yes yes once I start a project I feel it enhances the structure that I already have it gives me something to focus on as well if I'm facing other challenges 
I could use that as a way to sort of temporarily stop thinking about other things and think about something which is purely kind of free form, if you like, and something which I can invest in in that moment and returning to other issues, how my mental health issues can feel like there's been a bit of relief there and there's time away from it. Sometimes it's good to be spontaneous and build that into a structure as well so you can kind of develop the project more in depth. It can be a spark, it can be that moment. boosts your mood as well, I think. Just out of interest, do you find yourself turning to different mediums depending on your state of mind or, or your mood? That's a good point, yes. Photographic work is, is obviously based on the world, uh, if you like. It doesn't have to be. I might feel a particular day that I need to get out of the flat and therefore uh, photographic work could be could be ideal or I don't feel like going out, uh, but I feel like doing something creative, then I could work on a drawing or I could work on a painting. I use uh, Project Abilities uh, Studios in Trongate, it tends to be paint and drawing, and it's more traditional. And going to the studio, uh, say once a week for a few hours, uh, it has that structure again. On a particular day, I feel much more like creating a colour rather than capturing a colour with a photographic medium. I might paint a landscape, it can be, you know, like drawn from a, a photograph or drawn from memory, or it might simply be that I want to do something abstract and I want to use a particular colour because I enjoy using that colour, or I want to try something new, but I still want to use paint, and then I'll, I'll kind of mix things up a bit and I'll, I'll sort of squash two things together that, that don't necessarily strike me as being compatible, but then something comes out of that and something develops from that as well. It doesn't always match up. Sometimes I have to go every week because I want to make full use of that. But it might feel like, oh, I'd really, I'd really like to be out with the camera today. So it doesn't always match up. It can just be quite an abstract feeling of, oh, I just fancy uh, doing some really detailed stuff today. Or uh, I feel like doing big kind of brush strokes and gestures and things like that. So the place where I, I'm in can, can have an uh, effect on the things that I, I choose to do or, or not to do. You mentioned uh, projectability. How did you become involved with them? Yeah, I was first referred to projectability by an OT, an occupational therapist. She knew about projectability and she knew that I had gone to art school. It's been such a fantastic place to go. It's a studio programme, so it's called Reconnect. It's for people with lived experience of mental health or neurodivergent individual artists and people. I attend one day a week for a few hours. A fully equipped studio. It's got loads of materials uh, and there's a tutor there to help out if you need any help uh, with anything creative or artistic or where to get the next cup of coffee. <laughs> it's an open plan studio. Uh, and there's a variety of different things that you can I can do there. I could I could do my drawing painting, or I could do ceramics, or I could do uh, some printmaking. If I wanted to do something quite unusual, then there would be the tutor there to sort of advise me. Plus, the other artists in the studio may have experience of of working on a particular medium or or technique or whatever. So. In that sense, there's a there's a sort of wealth of knowledge there as well as everyone being on a similar page uh, to create work and to to make art. You know, having a creative practice can be quite singular because it's about one person. You would think 
But I think that being able to see what other people are doing, that they're following their kind of creative journey, overcoming challenges, either within a creative work or, or other areas, it's a great way to be social, to go into a studio where there are other people. I don't feel the need to be super social. I can. It's a great way to be with other people, have an activity which carries you through that. It's great to see how that, that can evolve whether it's maybe someone gets a, an exhibition or involved in a group exhibition or they're, they're maybe designing something. Would you personally recommend to maybe people who feel like they need a different way of managing their everyday mental health, would you recommend exploring creativity to them? Yes, I would. That is, I think the question itself, exploring creativity, is a really good way to put it it's almost liberating I think to think about it in that way it can be very specific to the individual and it can have depth and it can have variety it kind of takes the pressure off you to create masterpieces every day a creative space is something to accommodate into your life it's a place to send thoughts and feelings it's somewhere to temporarily imagine in it can be a great way to clear your head or create space for thinking Creativity kind of begins with the person, with the individual, on what I would say is a kind of journey. Creativity can be a space which is precious or special. It can also be quite mundane as well. It can be organising paints on a on a desk, what kind of paper to get, how many cups of coffee am I, am I absolutely at my best. So in that way, it can be quite supportive for mental health if you were in the studio perhaps it could encourage me to be more social out with the studio or to make contact with people or to do something nice after the studio I'll get a cup of coffee and a piece of cake on the way home or I'll get a cup of coffee and two pieces of cake on the way home (laughs) Uh, that's not to say that mental health sometimes it can impact the work that you make and so it's it's important to be aware of that as well sometimes you just might not feel that making any art it can be a very important significant thing but it can also be quite ephemeral it can be put on hold for a wee while if you like and there's not necessarily a symmetry between what you feel and what you do in that particular day I could be on absolute cloud nine and I don't feel like doing a bright painting I feel like doing a grey painting I think that's important and definitely being on a creative journey it has its own merits I think it can create a distance and a perspective on something else or it can re-articulate something struggling with an artistic challenge is often the creative part of work creative work can include the things that don't transpire Uh, it can be the pause between brushstrokes or the period between sessions. That's absolutely a wonderful and beautiful way of putting it. And thank you so much for making the time to come and speak to us. You're welcome. Uh, And I hope to see you in Project Ability soon. My name is Vanessa and I work for Creative Steps, which is a mental health charity. What I do here is I'm the lead artist, which in essence means I work with people, with groups, and we do craft activities to make us feel better. Oh, that's so lovely. Do you have 
a particular medium that you love to work in? I personally really enjoy working with clay. That doesn't mean necessarily that our participants enjoy working with clay because clay can be quite a cold and perhaps sometimes even a wee bit, wee bit of a slimy um, substance. So yeah, it's not always it's not always a hit. So what we do currently, we're working on a jungle theme. So where everybody is doing something different just mm-hmm. now. Um, we're doing we're designing leaves is what we're doing with paper just now yesterday we were painting giraffes buttocks <laughs> so we have got um, and then somebody else was doing the neck somebody else was doing the head so we've mm-hmm. got a collection of uh, paintings um, that are now giraffes as well I remember that giraffes have uh, like black purple tongues. Did any of them feature or is it no, just like, no, (laughs) No, it was too difficult, too difficult. It just didn't look right at all. So we stayed with the really simple. So we've got a lot of necks and we've got a lot of buttocks because they're the easiest (laughs) to draw. That's why. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. That's wonderful. You mentioned you're doing jungle now. Do you change your themes quite regularly? Yes, this is based on uh, our window display. Mm -hmm. And it also means that then I can link in different craft projects, meaning that people keep learning new skills. And is that important to you as uh, the, I guess, the coordinator of the group that people feel that they're learning something new? Only if they want to. If they want to, they can always learn something new. And we make sure while well, I try to explain that it's transferable skills it's a lot of problem solving really that you're doing through crafts mm. and that people can apply in their daily life that's important for people to know that they can join in or not if they want to there's always an alternative as well if people want to do perhaps they want to do something a little bit more low-key mm. like coloring in then they can do that as well Oh, that that's a really nice balance of of people's needs and helping them challenge themselves, but in a really safe way. That's absolutely one of the main aims is making sure that everybody feels safe and comfortable mm-hmm. um, and positive. What was it like for you joining Creative Steps? What was that experience like for you? It was great to join Creative Steps simply because it was it's a very well set up project very well run project as well it has been well thought through from beginning to end step one is outreach that's within uh, healthcare centers mm-hmm. then step two that's the step where i work and that's in the gallery that is within govern in the community and then step three is wider community so we would look at other art mediums that you can get involved in Mm. Um, it for instance we did a writing uh, well-being for writing course Mm. so that was very interesting and then we get people from the community to join in as well so it it Mm. means that people are going to get merged into uh, different activities with new people again Mm. as well Oh, fantastic. So it takes you through from a place where you might be feeling like you you are very isolated and and to a point where you're interacting, using the skills you've learned along the way to interact with people um, that you might have originally not felt safe around. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you'll feel confident within skills as well. We're not, nobody's expecting anybody to become a new Leonardo da Vinci but (laughs) we are absolutely where the aim is to make you feel confident within Mm -hmm. your skill set and then you can 
continue. So we've got one other thing that we work with as well is lots of sewing workshops. Oh. So we've got we've got a tutor here that comes in, a lovely tutor, and she does sewing workshops and will help people to really get from the start to an end product as well. And mm-hmm. it's all about learning the skills and gaining confidence in that too. Mm-hmm. So for you personally, what was it that attracted you to work in a project like this? I think it's uh, the um, variety, mm-hmm. the variety of people that join. And I think it's um, maybe the word is humbling mm-hmm. to see that people from lots of different backgrounds come together. They all mm-hmm. sit around the same table, although it's a very different background that they come from. They're sharing the same experiences in mental health. Mm-hmm. And therefore, there's a common ground. Mm-hmm. And then through craft, people really start to appreciate each other. Mm-hmm. So it's a really lovely. Do you think that creating as part of a, a diverse group of people is beneficial? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think you learn from each other. I think you gain the confidence for yourself as well. But you're also learning to look out with yourself, mm-hmm. meaning you are looking at other people, uh, seeing how they respond perhaps reflecting on how you would respond. It's really very much under under layer effects. Do you think that it also allows people to maybe see a different side of people that they might not have interacted with otherwise? Absolutely. I think you always, um, it's interesting because through crafts, things come up, but also you uh, have to learn how to deal with problems that arise there and then Mm -hmm. what do you think that people are hoping to get out of it when they join initially when they join initially it's very much a a space to have a little bit of time out a space to have some time for yourself but also a space to come together with people who have shared experiences Mm -hmm. so it's extremely low-key at the beginning I wouldn't introduce the jungle theme straight away. That would just be too much. So it's very low key at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We would be perhaps decorating something. So for instance, jewelry boxes, we would paint them. People would take something home with them straight away as well. Something that they can be happy about that they've achieved that. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. And then do you think that their goals change over the course of the project? Yes. Absolutely. And you can see that. And that's the part which makes this a very healthy project in the sense of step one, step two and step three. Because Mm. once you see that people start to change, perhaps even in in a really positive way, start to become a little bit more picky, Mm -hmm. then you think, great you've gained that skill you now want to progress that's like there's a clear indication that you're saying to me now right okay what's the next challenge let's go Mm. and I think based on that then we know that people are also ready for step three Mm. tolerating small distresses in that kind of space it gives you the resilience to tolerate bigger distresses I suppose like you said earlier, problem solving with uh, crafting. It's like, oh, this bit didn't go quite right, but I can fix it if I do this. You know, you you learn to tolerate the distress of something maybe not going quite the way you wanted, and then that you have the resilience to then move on from that. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. We see that continuously. Absolutely. And one of the other things that we see as well is um, perhaps there's a lot of uh, OCD can be quite a big theme. Um, and there it's, it's more about letting go. And so I can't ask somebody immediately to jump into a Jackson Pollock painting. But what I can do is gradually get them towards a stage where it's okay if you're, you know, a mistake isn't, it's not a mistake. It's, there's, there's no such thing as mistakes when you're, when you're being creative, it's your own process and nobody's to judge it. There's that part as well, which is also a big learning curve for people. Mm -hmm. That must be incredibly helpful to, to see that to and to see in a safe space that it's, it's okay to not be perfect. I, I think that sounds incredibly beneficial. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, yes. Well, on, on that note, do you notice uh, that when people are being creative and when you yourself are being creative, do you notice that this affects overall mental health? Yes, absolutely. In general, one of the things that our uh, participants would say is that they've gained a lot more uh, patience They've gained a lot more resilience is the word as well that you used. Um, and they've gained a lot more confidence mm. and that in itself provides for a lot more calmness mm. within their general well-being. It's a massive change and you can already see things changing week after week. And it doesn't mean that people that it only goes up because that's not realistic, but it does mean once you've created that resilience, you can always bounce back off that again so that's the importance do you notice these effects in yourself when you're creating I do as well yeah absolutely I suppose I'm very aware of them as well so I suppose that's part part of it so maybe cheating a little bit as well in that sense <laughs> but absolutely especially with sculpture that's why I really like that medium mm. um, because it continuously gives you new challenges because it's 3d and um, it basically doesn't really always do what you want it to do or um, if you poke it in on one side it pops out on the other so you have to continuously be working on it I learn the most because I continuously get uh, these challenges put in front of me then and have to learn how to um, control my own emotions when you're sculpting clay is there something about that because I know that some people don't like the coldness but do you do you quite enjoy getting your hands into something like that Absolutely. I get all engrossed in it. The bigger the clay, the better really for me. And if I can walk all the way around it. I love that, like you said, the bigger, the better, almost that challenge. I absolutely do. But again, it's not very practical necessarily to do within groups or mm. um, you do, you end up dirty. It's also physically exhausting though, because it properly is a workout. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, because you're, yeah. you're manipulating this, this quite dense material as well. Absolutely. And you mentioned that not all the time, but people can take away things that they create on the course. Do you think that there's something about having something that you've made, even if you give it to somebody as a gift? Do you think that's an, that's an important aspect? It really is. And it's lovely to see that people take absolute ownership of it mm. as well. And uh, you can start to see people, some people have already started to make some things for that they're going to hand out at Christmas time. 
they're quite ahead of, of time there. <laughs> they, what they do is um, a lot of the time it's about making things for a home as well, because I think people are trying to make their home as comfortable and as lovely as possible. Yeah. Um, so therefore we look out for, for items that can be used also. So not necessarily only things that can be hung up, but used. There's a joy in the usefulness of an object or the practicality or the function sometimes that's because jewelry is lovely but maybe there's just something okay like it's there's something fun about oh I can use this you know absolutely but then they also there is a part of the so all the glitter making things glittery and glamoury that's oh. a part that people really enjoy too mm -hmm. and it's fun to see it's it's absolutely not my personal preference mm -hmm. but um i think that because of that i enjoy watching people indulge in glitter and really you know you can <laughs> see them lighting up and it's just it's great fun to see really um, so yeah, anything glittery is always um, a good addition to <laughs> to their home as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. I guess it's like their version of getting messy because that's quite a that's quite a messy medium. So you do it with clay, they do it with glitter, which then everyone has to hoover up afterwards. Yes, yeah, same same joy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it is the same joy. Absolutely. If I look at people, it, it, it does seem to be the same joy. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I love that. I absolutely adore that. Well, thank you so much for coming to speak to us today. It, it, it sounds like a very important thing you're doing. Thank you very much. No, thank you very much for having us. I'm Chris. My pronouns are he, him. I am 23. I'm a poet and a crochet artist. And I also work in the third sector. Um, and I enjoy collage and other things like that. I'm very much into like colour and creativity. Would you say that you naturally gravitate towards creativity throughout your life? My dad is an artist as well as my grandparents are artists as well. Um, so I do kind of have the artist's blood <laughs> running right through <laughs> me. Um, but I didn't really like fully kind of like appreciate the creativity that I enjoyed until I was in uni because I started to do a creative writing class. That kind of helped me to bloom into doing more creative things and drawing and collage making and stuff like that so yeah I think it is something that I naturally gravitate towards but it isn't something that I've always allowed myself to. Was it social factors that you felt were blocking you or, or was it your internal structures? I think a bit of both to be honest with you like I think that sometimes it's hard to make to let yourself be creative especially if you're worried about like being a perfectionist um mm. uh, it's sometimes quite difficult to start and also just like looking at a blank piece of paper it's very difficult to kind of like make yourself do something if there's the anticipation that it might not go very well mm. um but also like when I was younger I didn't have a lot of like creative friends and stuff like that whereas I do now mm -hmm. so it wasn't kind of like a natural part of my life I guess um but it is definitely now yeah. Oh, I'm really, really glad to hear that. Do you think that the creative hobbies that you have now impact on your mental health? Definitely. I think that my creativity is part and parcel with my mental health. I always find that when I'm not doing as well mentally, um, I am less creative. I do less creative things. I don't really read or engage in other people's creativity as well. I just don't really have the mental capacity to do it. And I, that in turn makes me feel worse, even though I can't necessarily do it anyway. Um, but it is, it is challenging to kind of 
balance for needing to take care of yourself but also needing to fulfill yourself creatively Mm. but also I do find a lot of joy in creativity so it's not all about my negative mental health like when I'm feeling very positive I'm writing all the time I'm making collages I'm talking to my friends about their writing Mm -hmm. um I'm doing some crochet there's lots of different things that I'm doing and I really feel like when I'm doing very well I can tell because I'm making a lot of creative things so it's almost like a a litmus test really because they're connected if one's going up then the other one might will be flourishing as well at my core like creativity is just such a key part of who I am um even if I'm not necessarily making anything right at that moment like I think that just like thinking creatively and also like socializing with other creative people fundamentally is who I am do you think that just being creative to be creative is important yeah I think that's the most fundamental part of creativity to be honest with you so for example I used to make badges that had like words that I cut out from magazines and I absolutely loved making the badges finding the words organizing all of that kind of thing like I really enjoyed the creative process but then as soon as I started to sell the badges I really hated it because I didn't really feel like the art was for me anymore I was kind of making it for somebody else and I didn't like the commercial aspect of of making art I didn't really feel like it was good for me and immediately it made my mental health worse because I kind of had this extra responsibility alongside being creative I had a duty to other people I guess so I think that making art for me isn't necessarily something that I want to make for other people I just want to make it for myself and if other people enjoy it that's fine Um, (laughs) but I'm not necessarily into like selling my art or doing something uh, like like that which I think is I mean it is quite a privileged thing to have because a lot of artists can't do that obviously but I really think that making art just so that it brings you joy and it helps you to explore things that you want to explore is really important. We've touched a little on that you create poetry would Uh, you tell us about how your relationship with poetry has evolved over your life? when I was like really young I did actually used to write quite a lot of poems but they were like quite childish poems I was published in a couple of like um primary school books I wrote a poem about a toy store which had a chocolate river going through it and uh you could like play with teddy bears it was great I mean it was a great poem I'm not gonna lie to you it was it was a really good poem (laughs) but I was only like 12. As I got into high school I kind of stopped writing I didn't necessarily Mm-hmm. Um, channel my teenage angst through writing which is what quite a lot of people do I didn't want to embarrass myself by making mm-hmm. things that I didn't necessarily wouldn't necessarily feel proud of mm-hmm. so I kind of stopped doing creative things altogether and that included poetry I got to uni and I started doing English literature lectures and obviously like I had amazing tutors who kind of like talked about poetry and kind of really inspired me to kind of like get back into it a bit in my third year I started a creative writing class and like before that I was kind of like just clean off quite an intense breakup a good fuel for poetry Um, (laughs) um, and I just doing that class and kind of getting to be around other people and being able to explore the emotions that I was feeling but also other people's emotions and read other people's work was really important for me and it really helped me to understand my love of poetry Mm -hmm. Um, and then in my final year of uni I wrote a creative writing dissertation it was an exhibition booklet and it involved like collage and stuff like that which I think is an important part of my poetry that my poetry is very visual so it involves a lot of colour and a lot of shape and a lot of other mediums of art that are poetry if that makes sense doing that just really helped me to kind of understand like my true love for poetry and I read so many amazing poets like 
Ocean Huang and Frank O'Hara. It was inspiring for me to kind of like see that there were other people doing what I wanted to do and doing it well. And so now in September, I'm going back to do my creative writing masters at uni. Congratulations. Well, I really, I really hope that goes well for you. Interesting to think about poetry as visual, because depending on the tradition you're from, I think maybe you might think of it as auditory. Could you talk us a little bit through how you do that? Yeah, definitely. So I think that um, for me, poetry is not really an auditory thing. Like I will read my poems back to myself, but it's more kind of about how words look on a page rather than how words kind of sound to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think because I'm more of a visual learner than I am an auditory learner, like I like being able to see things being done. And so I just kind of brought that into my poetry as well. And I really like to explore with like punctuation. All of my poems don't have any capital letters in them because it makes me feel quite stressed. Um, <laughs> and so I think that it's sometimes quite difficult to display that in an auditory way. Concrete poetry is like a very big genre. I have a beautiful book called Women in Concrete Poetry. And it's all about women for, from like 1950 to 1970 um, and the concrete poetry that they made. And so all of the poetry is like different shapes, but it's also like very much more abstract. So there's an amazing poem, which is, um, it's just an M with an extra like a little bit on the end. Um, <laughs> and it's it's so good. And I don't, I, I can't really explain why. I just think it's so beautiful. It's just very interesting the way that they've kind of explored words and shape and like how like the little extra bit can add so much to mm -hmm. the M even if it's just like one singular letter. The way that I bring creativity and like visual stuff into my poetry is I make quite a lot of um, triangle poems. I like triangles as a concept I think they're very fun. Mm -hmm. I think that the fact that they only have three corners is very interesting. Um, <laughs> from there I started to make more collages. I made a self-portrait that was just a collection of items that I felt that resembled myself but by organizing them in a shape and organize like laying them out it read as poetry because of the way that I, I had organized all the pieces. Mm. It was a visual poem, but it was a poem, if that makes sense. I think the font is very important to me and like choosing a good font can really say a lot about poetry. So for example, I really am very anti Times New Roman because I think that it, it kind of resembles quite an old style of writing, I guess. Like it's very like a traditional poetry font and that's not what I want my poetry to be. So I use a lot of Arial and other fonts like that, that kind of like a bit more new and modern color over text of the poems. So I have quite a lot of pink poems because pink is my favorite color. And I think that it works well with the text. If I'm talking about flowers, for example, they are colorful and so the poem should be colorful too. I think that's so interesting. And I've Honestly, I've never heard poetry described like that before. Yeah. So I'll, I'll definitely be looking into concrete poetry. That's fantastic. You also crochet, which is a very physical medium. Yes. What do you find enjoyable about crochet? It's a very tactile medium. And so I do get to like physically hold something in my hands, like a tiny little baby and kind of like help it to grow into a beautiful crochet project. Mm -hmm. um, and also I love that it's got so many different stitches. Um, I think that's really interesting. There's a difference between like US crochet and UK crochet. Mm -hmm. And so they have different stitches. It's kind of poetry again. Like I like the combination of stitches and how it can make a shape and how you could do the same thing twice and it will never look, never look quite the same because it's something that you have made with your own hands and it's never going to be 100% perfect. Um, <laughs> which I think is something that I really like about crochet because it's kind of like helped me to let go of some of my pers 
perfectionist ideals um I guess uh, <laughs> it's helped me to just kind of like understand that not everything has to be perfect and there's also quite a lot of beauty and something being unique and different and so I like to explore a lot with color as well in my crochet like all of my crochet projects are very very colorful mm-hmm. um like I've been to, I've been making a lot of crochet pansies recently oh. um for a little flower because pansies are my favorite flower mm-hmm. um and so I've been able to make pansies in like wild colors I, like I've made a rainbow pansy and made one that was like all gold it was very fun to kind of like bring my creativity into something that is from the natural world but isn't actually from the natural world because I've made it with my own two hands mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's something quite po- poetic in that as well another important part of crochet is that it is something that you are required to focus on and mm-hmm. so it gives me time to just kind of like sit down and think about one thing and I can listen to some music in the background but really what I'm doing is being very mindful with my body and with my brain about like sitting down and doing something making myself not think about anything else Mm -hmm. which can be really which is really beneficial for my mental health as well Mm -hmm. growing something and of being Mm. present in that moment with it that sounds incredibly mindful (laughs) it is really mindful and usually I'm like not really into mindfulness very much but I love crochet so it has really (laughs) I feel like taking up crochet has really like fundamentally changed me as a person (laughs) (laughs) because it's really made me think about perfectionism and being mindful and taking the time to do something rather than completing it instantly because it's not just something you can just do you have to take the time to do it we've talked about uh, a a lot of positives to creativity for balance do you think that there can be downsides to creativity in relation to mental health? Yeah, definitely. Like I've touched on this in the past, but I think that <laughs> when you, uh, perfectionism is something that can really like impact on your mental health. And so when I'm trying, especially if I'm like under a deadline, like when I was writing my dissertation, I kept on getting very frustrated with myself and I got quite burnt out after I written my dissertation because I wanted it, I, I wanted it so badly to be perfect. So that I was thinking about it all the time and I wasn't really thinking about anything else. And I didn't really give myself space to kind of just like exist and not be stressed. <laughs> um, and I think that um, it's quite hard because creativity is something that is so important to you and like the, the the creative projects that you want to make they do kind of speak about you as a person and they speak about your talent but they also speak about the ideas that you have and the way that you live your life if you don't feel like you've fully represented yourself in your creative project mm-hmm. it's sometimes quite hard to let that go <laughs> yeah. um, which is something that I really struggle with if you're feeling unsure about a project getting started is really really difficult and then making yourself do it can be really hard because you're just like I I mean I feel like sometimes I'm just like why can't I do this right now like why can I not just get the things out of my head onto a piece of paper and that makes me feel worse about myself because I have lots of ideas but I can't get them down because I don't quite know how to represent them mm-hmm. and then also not having any ideas at all can also be really harmful for your mental health because why is there nothing interesting in my brain for me to think about <laughs> <laughs> which is just hard sometimes to deal with if creativity is a happy place for you and when your mental health is maybe not in a great place and creativity yeah. can go down with that and then you've got nothing to focus on the tight-knit relationship while it can be a wonderful thing I suppose it's also something that you have to be aware of 
for when you aren't yeah. feeling great it's a ball of wool in my mind and so <laughs> you can't really unravel one without unraveling the other which is a, which is challenging and sometimes it's very helpful but other times it just means that if my creativity is down I am also down as well and there's not much I can do to change that and until I kind of like give myself time to rejuvenate myself and kind of come back to it with a better attitude I guess. For people like yourself who have that relationship between creativity and mental health would you have anything that you would say to them or recommend to them I definitely think that surrounding yourself with other creative people is really helpful so my friend Maddie who also works at Mindwaves mm-hmm. um, we go on a lot of walks um, and just talk about the creative projects that we're doing and it's really helpful to kind of like have somebody to bounce the ideas off of and kind of like <laughs> even if your idea is rubbish, be able to have someone who you can just like say all of these words to and they will give you advice or they won't give you advice. But sometimes it's just kind of nice to have a bit of a sounding board Mm -hmm. um, to talk about creative things. Talking just does really help you kind of like figure out what's going on in your own mind and kind of like start to unravel all of your thoughts. I'm not necessarily a proponent of like having a creative schedule. Like I don't make myself sit down every day for half an hour and do something creative but I do find that being outside like going on walks with Maddie or mm-hmm. just going like sitting in my garden <laughs> is really helpful and I <laughs> I find I find it very difficult to say this because I hate it when people are like you should go on a walk or you should drink a cup of tea mm. in relation to your mental health because sometimes mental health can be so overwhelming that you can't do that if you're not kind of like in the in the state of absolute crisis sometimes it is helpful to go outside or just to take give it give yourself a five minute breather and think about something else mm-hmm. um also I really enjoy like reading other people's creative or reading or watching cre- other people's mm-hmm. creative projects like I always feel really inspired when I ever read other people's mm-hmm. um poetry or look at other people's collages or go to an exhibition or look at Pinterest for half an hour yeah. or like watch the latest season of Stranger Things like I think that other people's creativity can be really beneficial to you because it gives you an opportunity to stop thinking about your own creative projects but it also gives you inspiration for yourself as well even if what other people do is is not good or even if you don't like find it like fundamentally change you as a person I think that's fine mm-hmm. I think it's just important about consuming other things as well I really thought it was important that you pointed out the difference between crisis and everyday uh, management so I think that's also a very important point to bear in mind thank you very much for coming to speak to us today it's been a wonderful chat it has been a wonderful chat this poem is an encapsulation of my periods of psychotic episodes and anxiety depression, lesser mood strengths and mental health which have punctuated long periods of stability, holding down responsible and often stressful positions as a nurse, social worker and then support worker for people with learning disabilities. I have used it to illustrate the telling of my story of lived experience of mental ill health and of recovery which is ongoing and sustained. I've had various treatments and therapies, including a long period of skilled psychological treatment, for which I am very grateful. For me, though, writing, the arts, and especially poetry, has been key to my recovery and maintaining my mental health. One of these days, I'll maybe write my life story. For the moment, the poem will have to suffice.
In my madness, I thought I had the solution, all the pieces of a jigsaw fitted perfectly in my mind. The codes, the magic numbers, I was one with a spirit, could heal every wrong, had the answer deep within me. As I recovered, Slowly from my madness, though there were moments of wildness, bass laughter, gibberish songs, I discovered the answer did lie within me, with others, connecting with spirit. And I was all right, and have the right to be well. If people want to hear more from you, where can they go? They can go physically to Project Abilities Gallery, which is in 103 Trongate uh, in the centre of Glasgow. There's a, a gallery there. There's two galleries there. Um, and I think they have a shop there as well. There's plenty to see and read in the shop. They have a website, which is at projectability.com, I think. There'll be a link there to the Facebook page and also Instagram page and Twitter page. I think the website also has a, a list of artists who work and uh, who practice their art within the studios. So there's plenty of information there as well. I have a, a page on the on the website if you want to see more of those grey paintings or the blue paintings or, <laughs> or the, the red paintings. One of the things that they can do we're always looking for materials. So it would be great to get craft donations uh, handed in at Gallery 966. Mm -hmm. And the it could be something like wool or fabrics or paper, anything. If you're doing a cleared out, that would be lovely. If we've got uh, any upcoming news, then you could always keep an eye out on our website or our Twitter account in the summer we are hopefully increasing our class sizes again, mm -hmm. which means that people can get in touch if they would like to join our step two groups. Fantastic, wonderful. You can follow me on Instagram at plantbot or at plantbotart. And I'm also releasing a zine with Maddie in mm -hmm. a month or two. Uh, it's all about fan fiction and queer people's relationships to their favorite characters. Um, which I'm very excited about. It's called Your Name Zine. And so that will be out during the summer at some point. So you can read that. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to appear in the podcast, or if you need assistance with your podcast, then get in touch by email. Podcasts at mindwavesnews.com. <laughs>